Good morning, everyone, and blessed Easter to you all. My friends, for those who are here always with me, uh, they know that uh, Father Mark suffers from insomnia a lot often, so I stay up sometimes, not because I want to, and I'm either watching the news, which is always doom and gloom lately, or I watch the shopping network. <laughs> so I can be told all the things that I don't have that I need. But my friends, on one occasion, I was watching, and, I, and they had a garden show. And they showed uh, the per this person who was the host of the show opened up this little thing, and then she sat on it, and then she flipped it over, and then she knelt on it. And I thought, oh, my mercy, I need that inside the church for all the people who sit along the walls, stand there, so they don't have to stand through Father's two-hour sermon, huh? So you can, they're sitting, and we bought these things, and um, it was wonderful. So in this case, it ended up being a good thing that I was up all night long watching because it benefited all the people who are, um, there's no room for them to sit, but they can stand. So if you haven't got one, we have more, unless they're, for the others who are standing over there, they might not know about it. <laughs> My friends, uh, I was able to get an email from a family who had left, and they moved, and um, I miss them. People think that you're, the pastor don't know you or uh, don't know when you're here, when you're not, um, but I do. Uh, and uh, most of you older adults, you still hang on to that thing that you did in school. You always go sit at the same desk. So you always come in and sit in the same place in the pew. So when I don't see you there, I know you're not here. But they sent an email to wish me uh, a blessed Easter, and she brought up a homily uh, that I had written. And she said, um, we know you record your homilies, um, and we don't want to ask too much, but is it possible for you to talk about that homily again? Um, so I know that they will listen to this from the East Coast. And... Um, uh, it was a homily, uh, and I took a look at some details. So, um, for those who are with me always, we always look at the details of the scriptures because they reveal so much. And uh, sometimes from the readings, there is a particular detail that says a great deal. In this gospel, um, is such, there's so much going on, and there is a great detail there. And all the evangelists, John, Mark, Luke, and Matthew, all speak about uh, the resurrection scene in the tomb. And uh, they came to the tomb. We were told the women come, and they find that the stone is rolled away. It's a gigantic stone. Now, Matthew gives great detail about it. He's really funny. He talks about an angel that's sitting on it. It's really good. And we'll hear that uh, next year uh, at Easter. But found in this detail is great symbolism. Could we say then that the resurrection means that the huge stone that separated us from God, a stone that acted like a wall between us and God, is rolled away. And now, in Jesus, the way to the Father is now unimpeded. There was a time, as the Scriptures tell us, that we could not approach Him. But now we can. It is like there were a space that was shrouded in darkness, and Jesus rises to pull aside the veil, allowing the space 
to flood with God's light and his love. Through the resurrection of Jesus, God's own life floods back into the world. And now eternal life and eternal beatitude are possible for each one of you who will follow him. And oddly enough, there is a particular doubt that lingers at Easter. Most people today don't doubt that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. In reflection, there is a bevy of evidence in the life of the apostles and in Mother Church that Jesus rose from the dead in the body, not just in the soul and spirit. He rose in the body. That's the reason why Mary Magdalene's like, oh, the body's gone. Where'd they take him? For the disciples changed. They changed after the resurrection. And they walked in this newness of life, newness of hope, newness of courage. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, we will read in the coming weeks from the Scriptures. The evidence that they were changed by the risen Christ is itself convincing enough. The doubt that lingers that I find today is the doubt that you and I can generally walk in newness of life, that we can become a new creation, that we can be changed and filled with the Holy Spirit just as those apostles and disciples from the first Easter were. We doubt that we can rise to new life in Him because one might feel that the stone of our life, the symbolism, the stone of it, is too big and cannot be rolled away. But my friends, cannot the God of Exodus, who delivered the Hebrew people from slavery, from Pharaoh, deliver you from any bondage you find yourself in? God freed the Hebrew people, a nation. He can free you also. Cannot the God of Genesis, who made the heavens and the earth and all the universes, who made everything from nothing, can he not make you a new creation? Can he not recreate you? The resurrection of Jesus tells us, yes, God created the universe, and so he can assuredly recreate you and I. Because of Jesus Christ, and his paschal mystery, his passion, his death, his resurrection. We can experience a genesis in our life, a new beginning. We can experience an exodus from slavery to whatever it is that binds us or has bound us in the past. The stone in front of our self-imposed tomb can be rolled away. But it requires faith. It requires courage. The light of faith dispels the darkness of doubt. We all come to Easter with our particular histories, with our challenges, and with our failings. The resurrection of Jesus assures each of us that we can have a different future. God is the God of the past and the present and the future. 
He's not so interested in your past as he is in your future. Jesus and only Jesus can bring to each of us the grace we need for that future. The church is the place where he will always be found because he promised to be with his church for all time. He is present in word and in our church in sacrament. Do not doubt this, for generations of Christians have encountered him here in Mother Church, in the liturgies, and in the preaching, and in the very life, sacramental life of the church. If one is seeking the risen Christ in their life, one only need look to Mother Church. Here is where the risen one, the risen Christ, lives and moves. You need only embrace the gospel. And, beyond that, the gospel way of living. Steep yourself in a life of prayer, both private and public, meaning by coming to church. You will notice his light gradually entering into your life more and more. And you will notice the stone in your life. And that tomb is rolled away. Of course, you may not find that all of your problems will suddenly vanish, but you will find new strength, a new courage, a new hope to work through them and to rise from them. Now is the time to discover and work on your personal relationship with Jesus Christ within the life of his church. Do this and you will come to see that all the promises of Christ and all the teachings of Christ are for you. And they've been about you this whole time. What happened to the first disciples who experienced a recreation and came to know a new life in him through the grace and power of the Holy Spirit can happen to each of you. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter is a time when the stone in our life will roll away. Every Sunday is like a little Easter. Thus, every Sunday is like a second chance for us Christians. That the light of Jesus Christ, a light of faith, given freely, dispel the darkness of doubt, of despair, of hopelessness replacing it then with what it should be, Christian hope and faith and charity and love. And that bestows blessing on our life now and prepares us for life eternal. My friends, I remember um, reading Matthew's gospel. Uh, like I said, uh, the, he's very detailed about the stone and uh, even funnier that the angels, there's an angel sitting on it. And... Uh, in my head, I'm thinking he's sitting on it so that it doesn't get rolled back because some of you keep rolling the stone back. Stop it. Jesus moved it out of the way. Please don't put it back. Your guardian angel will not be pleased because I assume the angel sitting is the guardian angels over that stone. My brothers and sisters, in this time, 
for the world starving for newness. And I think a world starving for peace. A world starving for love. You and I, who are baptized and call ourselves disciples of Christ, we are his ambassadors. We are to bring his message of love and hope to this world. To be a Christian is to be a person of hope because of the resurrection of Christ. My friends, we acknowledge that Good Friday, a day of darkness and human death, comes to everyone. So does Holy Saturday, a day of emptiness and sorrow at times. On such days, it is hard to persevere, huh? But Easter Sunday, a day of life, of joy and hope, will come for each of us also. In fact, it is here today. May the Lord in his goodness open your minds and your hearts so that you may believe the good news of his victory over human death. In his love for you, God draws us onward into his eternity, into the fullness of his life. We go forward more confidently then and more hopeful because of his promise, because of the blessed assurance, because of his love. If you remember nothing of this homily, remember that God loves you, always. And you cannot change that. But if you want to spend eternity with him, stop rolling the stone back. Leave it where it is and walk out in hope and grace and love and newness. Walk as his disciples. And if you want to know exactly what that is like, simply read the scriptures. If you want a shortcut to it, look at the Beatitudes or the Sermon of the Mount. It will tell you how each of us are to act and to think and to be in this world. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, my friends, it's been our tradition at our parish is that for Christmas and Easter, uh, we would give a gift. And uh, you, it was typically a book. We gave a book away. And the people really enjoyed that. This year... We're giving you an Easter treat, cookie. Last night I was looking at him because I was like, is that a bunny? <laughs> so there's a cross and there's a bunny and um, there's four, four images in the cookies. There's a bunny, the bunny. <laughs> I can't escape the bunny at Easter. <laughs> but there's a cross and there's like a flower. Um, so all of you will be able to uh, get a cookie and uh, enjoy the sweetness of that. Uh, let it be symbolic of the sweetness of God's love and, and grace upon us. Um, friends, I want to thank you uh, for starting your Easter Sunday morning here in God's house. And just remind you, I'm here every Sunday. <laughs> I would love to see you. Always. My friends, remember uh, the parish has a gift for you, the Easter cookie, I suppose we can call that. My friends, uh, please pray for peace throughout the world uh, and the continent of Africa, always. And then also, please, please keep your prayers going for peace in Central and Eastern Europe now uh, so that 
violence and brutality will come to an end everywhere, but in particular now there. And my friends, in the words of Venerable Bishop Fulton Sheen, by now, God love you. <laughs> <laughs>